This message was presented at the GYC 2011 conference. For other resources like this, visit us online at gycweb.org. Total Church segment of GYC. You know, GYC blesses many people over the years, but it would all be in vain if we came here for five days, learned a lot, and then had no clue how to go back home and apply it to our local churches. Last year, Total Church gave us tips on how to be leaders in our local church, and this year, Total Church is going to focus on how we can go home and bring the importance and urgency of pleading for the Holy Spirit into every aspect of our home churches. Our theme text is Acts 2.42. If you would please turn with me quickly to Acts 2.42. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' teaching and fellowship, in the breaking of bread and the prayers. And they fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. And all that believed were together and had all things in common. Verse 45. And they sold their possessions and goods and parted them to all according as any man had need. And day by day, continuing steadfastly with one accord in the temple and breaking bread at home, They took their food with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to them day by day those that were saved. Is that the kind of church you would like in your home local church? Today we're going to aim to find out how we can make that happen. In a few minutes, Alvin is going to expound on that a little bit. But before we begin, will you please bow your heads with me as we pray. Father in heaven, we thank you so much that you do not leave us in the dark, but that you give us your word that we might know how we can have your Holy Spirit and have power and have churches that are like lights on a hill to those who are in need. Lord, I just pray that you would bless this total church segment of GYC, that you would bless each presenter, and that you would bless the hearts of those who are listening, that we could go home and make a difference where we are. We thank you and we love you. Amen. Good afternoon, everybody. You know, when we read about the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in the book of Acts, we see the results being a very practical manifestation of God's Spirit, God's love working through people. And we look at this manifestation and we wonder, wow, is it even possible in the world we live in today? But as we look at God's promises, as we look at the record of God's working in the book of Acts, we know that by faith it is possible to have just such an experience in our own local churches. And as we have been listening to messages and and calls to receive and to ask for the Holy Spirit indwelling in our hearts, you may be wondering, what effect is this going to have in my life, in my local church? Is my local church going to be different because you and I attend the GYC? That is the question. And that is why I want to ask you to pull out your program booklets, these books right here, and turn to page 20. Page 20. 
This afternoon we are in our total church segment and what we want to do is to very practically think about what the Spirit looks like in a Spirit-filled church, what a church looks like that is filled by the Holy Spirit. We're going to be discussing a good number of topics as found and described in those first few chapters of the book of Acts. Page number 20, and you're going to see a good number of subjects. I'm I'm going to ask the presenters to come join me right here, starting off with subjects on worship, prayer, abiding in the church, praising God, all things in common, as any had need, signs and wonders, with joy, Apostles teaching, breaking bread, preaching, leadership growing in the church. Are those things, are those characteristics that you want to see in your church? I'm going to be asking our presenters to share a little bit about what their seminars, their breakout sessions are going to look like and how you are going to be able to learn to apply the principles, the the effects of the Spirit in your local church. In uh, Acts chapter 2, the disciples gathered together in one place and they prayed And the Holy Spirit was poured out. In the Old Testament, as you approached God, you went through the holy place where you had the three secrets to power in the Christian life. That was the table of shoe bread. That would be the Bible. The candlestick represents letting your light shine. And then right before the veil where the holy place was, was that altar of incense. That represents prayer. We're going to be talking about how to pray to receive the filling of the Spirit? How did Jesus pray? What was the, uh, the science in the Lord's Prayer when He said pray in this manner? So we're going to be talking about the basics of prayer in room 310, and I think it's at 315 we begin. Love to have anyone who wants to come and learn about that. I think we're actually going to be starting around 3 o'clock, so I'm inviting right. you to join there. <laughs> yeah, hi, I'm Roy Gain. My topic is worshiping. Jesus said to the woman at the well, that those who worship truly worship in spirit and in truth. So what does that mean? And we're going to look at biblical principles, tracing through the Bible, what we can learn about how to worship in spirit and in truth. At the end of time, of course, worship is a big conflict issue. We find in Revelation 13 that there's worship of the beast, and then God comes back and says, Worship him who made heaven and earth, the sea, and the fountains of waters. We see that there's even conflict sometimes among God's people. Pastor Dwight was talking about walls, and we find uh, cultural barriers in worship today, age group barriers. You know what I'm talking about. And so by looking at the biblical principles, we'll learn some of the non-negotiables, and then we'll realize the difference between those and the man-made traditions. We have to have some of those, but they're not sacrosanct, and if we can pull together towards those biblical principles, and we can have more variety of the way we do things, greater interaction, less of a performance-oriented worship service where worship becomes a spectator sport, then we're going to move closer to the kingdom of God by His grace. Thank you. In our session, we're going to be talking about how to take your friends to heaven with you. Many times we build relationships, we do community service, we reach out to the community in friendship, but we wonder how do we break that barrier into spiritual things and begin to talk to people about Jesus. And then we're going to spend some time looking at how to take our enemies to heaven. Sometimes the people that you have conflict with, sometimes the people that are the most antagonistic to the gospel can be the greatest converts in God's kingdom if you know how to win the heart of a hostile person. So we're going to be looking at some real practical ways to do this. Thank you. And this is going to be in room, let me look right here. 
3.20. There we go. Uh, in my breakout session, we'll also be talking about worship, uh, but more specifically, the role of music in worship, looking at biblical principles, uh, and then also getting into some practical guidelines about being a worship leader, um, some practical um, guidelines and, and hints on that, how to really have a, a really biblically-based, uh, spirit-filled uh, music service at your church. Thank you very much. And this is in room 352, D to F. Good afternoon. My um, workshop is on all things in common. I am going to be talking about how to manage financial resources so we can actually use the resources that we have received from God to advance his work. We need to be faithful in all areas. And in my uh, workshop, I'm going to be looking at, we are going to be practicing some tools that will help you to get closer to those people that have some financial difficulties right now. It's a really good tool to get close to people, to get close to their heart. And I will guarantee that you will come out of the um, seminars learning something very practical that you can implement immediately in your church. This is room 361, B, C, N, C, E, N, F. Hello, the title of my seminar is Signs and Wonders. In Matthew chapter 10, Jesus tells us to go and to heal the sick, to cast out demons, to cleanse lepers. And I don't know about you guys, but when I look at the health ministry that we see take place in the Bible, I feel like, Lord, what can I do to help to reach out to people like this? We know we have an amazing health message, the right arm of the gospel, to help to uh, lead people to Christ and help bring them into the gospel. And so in this seminar, we're going to be covering very practical health evangelism things that you can take home with you, that you can hold at your local church, such as how to do a health fair, how to run a cooking class, how to do the depression recovery program in your own church, how to run a natural remedy seminar, and a couple of other things. So I just want to invite you to join me. It's in room 370, I believe, B through F. Thank you. Thank you so much. The title of my seminar is entitled, With Joy. And of course, in that ideal church, they were going from house to house and breaking bread with fellowship and with joy. If you don't have a church that is full of joy, you want to come to this seminar. If you have relationship issues in your church that are inhibiting things, uh, if you have other issues that are inhibiting you to receive that joy, one of the greatest joys on this earth should be relationships in our local church and teaming up to accomplish God's will. And uh, you can find out how to accomplish that in room 371, A through D. Wonderful. I have been assigned the topic of discerning and dealing with sin and error and false doctrine in the church. Doesn't that sound like fun? Absolutely. So all of you heretics who is you know is interested, come to our seminar. We'll talk about you today. Uh, the truth is that this is a challenging topic. And in fact, I was looking at the program and thinking, you know, I can do about four of these topics fairly well because I've been doing that, but not this one. So we're going to learn together and pray together about all this and see how the Lord would lead us. That's 362 at the end of the hallway. Uh, and we'll see you there. Thank you.
Eleanor White writes that the warmth of true friendship is a foretaste of the joys of heaven. Isn't it a great promise that we can think that our friendship can give someone else a foretaste of heaven? Amen? My brother and I will be doing a seminar called Breaking Bread and we'll be discussing how and why you should start a small group ministry in your church, how to lead a small group, what you do in a small group session and, and the principles behind all that as well. Just to continue on that, you know from the Sabbath School lesson this morning, small group ministry is one of the few ministries or one of the unique ministries where you can combine all four components of Acts chapter 2 verse 42 to 47 in a snapshot in a segment in a short period of time and so this afternoon our seminar or our our breakout session will be focusing on effective small group ministry and I think it's room 371B. Thank you. All right good afternoon everyone. Uh, My seminar will be very simple, very focused, very directional. It's just on how to prepare and preach a sermon. So if you are an aspiring preacher or someone who you think might have the opportunity to preach in the future and you would like to learn uh, how to prepare and how to preach a sermon, from my perspective, I don't know everything, but I know a couple things. Uh, I'll be happy to spend some time with you this afternoon. We're in General Assembly B. Thank you. I'm Jay Gallimore, and nothing in the church moves unless the local church moves. And the local church doesn't move unless the local church has spirit-led leadership. And I have a dynamic team that's going to help me, Ken Mitchiff, youth director for the Michigan Conference, Justin Kim, director of our campus ministries, and his associate, Israel Ramos. And we're going to talk about how you can affect the local church, how you can use your leadership, how to become a leader in that local church and make a great impact for God right where you live. Exciting. I'm Esther Knott, and my seminar is Growing in the Church, Discipling New Believers. I've been a pastor for 25 years, and I never thought I would make this statement. Please don't baptize anyone else. I found myself saying that to my senior pastor, Dwight Nelson, during that 98, because we didn't have a plan of what to do with the members once they were baptized. So this seminar is going to focus on an intentional strategy of helping people be discipled and be fully involved in the message and mission of the Seventh-day Adventist Church. Michigan Conference, I'm proud to have been a pastor here for 14 years, they have, de- they have developed a program that you could come and you can edit it for your local setting. Who should attend this seminar? I have met many people here who have been Adventists for just two months, even two weeks. Somebody here was just baptized two weeks ago. But if you're here and you have friends who need to be mentored and discipled, come. And if you, perhaps you're the one that needs to be mentored and fully learn how to connect with the Adventist Church, I invite you to come as well. That'll be in room 340. Thank you. Do you know which one you're going to? It's a little bit hard, huh? But I'm excited because I really believe that God is wanting to work in your heart and therefore effectuate amazing change in your local church. And as such, I want to invite a group of friends who are going to be sharing a little bit of how their local church is involved in all these different aspects of ministry and what they are doing by the infilling of the Holy Spirit in their church environment. Good afternoon again. 
I have with me four young people here who are um, a part of the Andrews University community, and I'm going to allow each of them to introduce themselves to you this afternoon. All right. Um, hi, my name is David Spence. I'm a recent Andrews University grad who now works here in Houston. Hi, uh, my name is Andrew Krauss, and I'm a high school student at Tamarack Springs Academy. My name is Layla Celestin, and I'm an undergrad student at Andrews University. My name is Tiffany Anderson, and I am a recent grad from Andrews working in the Michigan area. Now, Andrews University, as many of you know, is located in the tiny village of Berrien Springs. I'm very familiar with that town. It's my hometown where I grew up, and my parents still live there. Not far from there, about 10 miles north, there is a city by the name of Benton Harbor. Benton Harbor has been in the news a lot in the last couple of years, in the last decade, really. And even just two weeks ago in the New York Times, there was an 11-page article talking about the fact that Benton Harbor was struggling financially. It was struggling to manage its own government, so much so that the state has taken over how to, how to run that city as a city. The, state of, the city officials don't have any power anymore. The state government is controlling it instead. Benton Harbor is a city with many, many, many needs, but more important than that, it's a city full of individuals with many, many needs. And these young people are striving to figure out how they can best reach the needs of that community through an organization they're associated with. David, why don't you tell me a little bit more about Harbor of Hope, how it got started, what it's all about. Um, Harbor of Hope is a very unique church um, that was planted in Benton Harbor in 2003. Um, it was a result of Andrew students that's really um, having a desire to reach out to this um, urban community. And there are quite a few um, different outreaches that we have there. We do door-to-door -door ministry. We have a weekly basketball um, ministry with students. We have a mentoring ministry that's recently started up. And basically it's just going into this community and utilizing the spiritual gifts that everyone in that community has um, and bring us into the body. Well, praise the Lord. Now, yeah. it sounds like you're very involved with the community. What is it that, that made each of you decide to get involved with that community? It's one that's not your own. It's quite different from, you know, the little idyllic Berrien Springs. Andrew, why don't you tell us what it is that, you know, possessed you to go and get involved with Harbor of Hope? All right, well, um, actually, I started coming with my, with my family, um, and my mom uh, became a Sabbath school teacher there. And more and more as I started attending, before I uh, started coming to Harbor of Hope, I kind of felt like I didn't have anywhere to serve, that God had given me a desire to serve people, but... I didn't really have a place to do it, and I didn't have opportunities. But more and more as I came to Harbor of Hope, I started to see God placing opportunities for me to get involved and serve and use the gifts that he's given me. And um, that, really, that really drew me in, kind of, and, and pulled me into the ministry. So. Praise the Lord. Now, when you're talking about how all these opportunities started opening for you to begin to serve, how is it that service began to change you? Did you see any difference in, in your own life as a result of the service you were doing? I think the, the biggest one for me is God made me see how important service is and how important it is for me to daily use what he's given me. Um, and, it, and it started giving me a, a ment mentality that I don't have to go to another continent. I don't have to go to Africa. But every single day of my life, I need to be sharing his love and his message with the world. Amen. Now, Layla... This is an organization or a church that was planted in 2003. That's now, what, eight years ago, almost nine years ago. That means that it's taken a lot of commitment of people who are involved to stay and to continue with this. Why is it that you decided to stay involved with Harbor of Hope? What is it that creates that staying power, that commitment to the ministry? 
Um, well, I went, when I first came to Harbor of Hope, um, I met a lot of young people that um, they knew about God, but um, their vision of God was kind of warped maybe because of other people or because of, um, of their lives and things like that. And I just thought it was a really, really great opportunity to share Jesus and to kind of grow, um, help them grow and to help myself grow as well in Christ. And so um, when I saw what a difference sharing Jesus at a personal level with these kids was, um, I decided that I should keep coming and just continue that relationship with them so that um, we could all um, grow together as Christians. Praise the Lord. I'd just like to add to that from Layla. Um, Harbor of Hope for me has, it be, has become my church family. Um, it's not like I'm going to a strange place with strange children. These kids are like my little brothers and sisters. They look up to me. So I almost feel like I have an obligation to go and to be there with them because not only do I want to go, but these kids want to go. There are times when I don't, I might not want to drive out to Benton Harbor on Saturday, but I'm committed to picking up kids every Sabbath, and they will call you nine o'clock. Are you coming? Are you coming? <laughs> it's like, yeah, I'll be there. So over time, it's just become my church. Well, praise the Lord! And isn't that encouraging to know that? As we begin to become active in service, it's not something that just feels like a duty because it's something we ought to do. We come to care with the, for those people so much because they become a part of our family. I really believe that's the way that the Lord has um, led us to continue to do service. Now, I was wondering also, you know, it sounds like that's one of your favorite parts. Are there any other favorite aspects of your ministry? Why you continue to be involved with Harbor of Hope? What's, what's so exciting about it? What's, you know, what's your favorite part? And this goes to, you know, any of you. Harbor of Hope is just very unique. Um, there is never a dull moment, um, whether, you know, children running around and stuff. But I think my favorite part is probably the most intimate time with the children, which would be Sabbath school. Um, you just see how much knowledge they have, how much they're listening. Um, because my Sabbath school, we go over the sermon questions. And these kids are, like, fighting to answer their questions and stuff. And you might think they're doing all sorts of things during the service, but they're listening. And so it's their time to shine. So I like to see them shine during Sabbath school. So that's my favorite part. I think my favorite part is kind of just watching walls go down. Because um, sometimes you come in and, and um, they don't... They, they're skeptical about you. They're skeptical, skeptical about why you're there and um, what do you want, you know. And um, as you become to become um, their friends, and once you connect with them and show that you really care about them, um, they just start to open up and to just soften and just be start to get excited about Jesus and about God and about um, just being better people as well. Um, I think the, my favorite part is, is seeing the change, seeing the work that God is doing both in my life and in all the others um, around me, all the kids, and just seeing how oh, every single moment um, he's impacting them and, and changing their heart um, and, and shaping them into who he wants them to be. I guess I almost echo what you all were saying. I think the best part of Harbor of Hope is seeing just lives transformed. Earlier we were talking about um, testimonies from the church and Instantly to my mind came um, Demarcus, who is, he was then 17, now 18 years old, and I met him at the church, and he, 
expressed to me how he'd been going through different, um, just different troubles, whether um, in school with his grades, as well as some um, legal issues as well. And he said, you know what, I want my life changed. I don't want to be going down this path anymore. And it was awesome to be able to be part of Bible studies with him and see the Holy Spirit work in his life to the point where he would, um, we would meet and he'd say, I don't know why, but now I think this way. And it's like, no, that's the Holy Spirit working. Um, and I remember last summer as I left and came um, back here, I was like, what's going to happen with Bible studies with DeMarcus? And it was amazing to call him over the summer and hear that now, instead of people leading Bible studies with him, now he's the one in his community with other teenage boys, that he's having Amen. people meet in his basement, is talking about the Word of God. Amen. And is having teenagers like that now on fire for him within um, his community praise the lord and that's exactly what it's all about right we're reaching other people so they can reach the people who are closest to them and it can continue to affect the whole entire world now from what i understand if there's people out there who are interested in learning how to become more involved in their community how to become more involved in working with a church plant and doing community service as a form of ministry that they might be able to learn a little bit more about that is that right that's true. Actually, right after this, we're going to have one of the um, breakout sessions. I believe I'm not 100% sure which room that's in. Okay. But yes, <laughs> yeah, we'll be leading one of the breakout sessions to talk about that. Which one? 360, 361 is where we're going to be. <laughs> 361. If you all turn to your program booklets on page four, you'll see that we have the spirit of GYC and Spirit of GYC talks about the different aspects that GYC will promote among its participants. And one of those aspects is this, an enthusiasm for service through care of the, for the needy, service to the community, promotion of human rights, and stewardship of the environment. You see, a part of proclaiming the three angels' message is meeting the practical needs of people within their communities to make them more open to receive the gospel once it comes to them. This is one of the things that, this is one of the ways that young people have found to do that. And so if you're interested in also learning how to do that, doing community service as a means of bringing the gospel into a new community, I would strongly encourage you to participate in their total church um, meeting. Thank you. Before we break out, I'd like to ask you to join me in a short word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much because you have given us a little glimpse, Father, of what is possible in local church, Father. We want your spirit to work through our lives. We want to see our churches revived. Father, we just want to pray that you would guide us to those specific things we can do, Father, filled by you to make a difference where we live. And now as we break out, Father, to different sessions to learn more about this, I pray for your Holy Spirit to continue guiding us, opening our minds, and helping us to apply those principles in our lives. And we pray for these blessings, Father, in the name of Jesus. Amen. This message was recorded by Fountain View Productions for GYC. GYC, a supporting ministry of the Seventh-day Adventist Church, seeks to inspire and equip young people to be vibrant, Bible-based, and Christ-centered Christians. To download or purchase other resources, visit us online at gycweb.org.